Beavers! Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Our guest today is the Market Development Manager for the Rainforest Alliance for Australia and New Zealand Market. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Melanie Mocken. Yeah, thanks for having me. How did your sustainable journey actually start? Well, it kind of started already a while ago. Actually, as I was finishing up my my master marketing, I studied at the FU University in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, which is where I'm from. As you can maybe tell from my accent, even though I tried to hide it, but I still kind of have this Dutch accent going on, unfortunately. So yeah, so I was finishing up my master marketing and already as you do when you're ending your 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 studies and you're preparing for your, your actual work career, you're trying to see and find where you see yourself going. We were already talking to, you know, some of the main companies that might be known for their marketing activities like Unilever or Heineken. And though those are very exciting companies, I felt that I was looking for something that had more value, more purpose to it. And then if Faith had it, we we organized this event at, at my university where OOTS, so the Rainforest Alliance has now merged with the other program called OOTS, spelled U-T-Z, and I think we'll touch upon that a bit later. They organized an event about CSR and it really got my attention. I'd never really considered working for an NGO, but it really sparked my interest as they combined um, sustainability and integrating that within the business strategy. So I basically just after that sent them an email saying, hey, I think you guys are do- doing very awesome work. Can I join you? Do you ever do graduate internships? Because I still had to write my master thesis. They came back to me saying, yes, we would love to have a meeting with you. Come over. And that's basically how I started. So I started writing my my master thesis there, um, doing a research in the perception of, of sustainability labels or voluntary sustainability labels in the eyes of the consumer. And then I never left. So then... <laughs> Yeah, they never got rid of me. I, I continued in a traineeship and then I got an actual job as PR officer for Netherlands, France and Germany. And then in 2016, I moved down under to really transform the market here in Australia towards more sustainable sourcing through the, the major companies here. Yeah, it has been a very exciting journey so far. Oh, it sounds fantastic. And I'm sure that you got to taste a whole bunch of amazing chocolate on the way. Yes, a lot (laughs) of chocolates, a lot of coffee. So my friends love my job as much as I do, I guess, because I always bring them a lot to try. I can imagine. uh, It comes with a lot of perks. So you are currently involved in the Rainforest, or well, we'll speak a little bit about the partnership from Rainforest Alliance and Oots later, but what exactly is the Rainforest Alliance? Yeah, so the Rainforest Alliance is an international nonprofit organization. Uh, We work in 70 countries around the world, really at the intersection of business, agriculture and forests. So our main vision is to create a world where people and nature thrive in harmony. 
by making responsible business the new normal. What it, this really means is we, we have several ways where we try to, to achieve this, uh, mainly focused at addressing the most urgent environmental, social and economic issues the world is facing today. And we do this in, in several ways where you mainly will know us from the green frog seal that you see on a lot of products in the supermarkets, on the shelves. But we also do that through uh, landscape and community work, through tailored supply chain services with our, with our company members uh, and through advocacy. And we are mainly active in a few uh, larger commodities or crops, so to say, which is cocoa, coffee, tea, bananas and forest products. Uh, as well as palm oil. The Rainforest Alliance in itself, we are an alliance of, of many different organizations bringing people together across these sectors that we that we work with. So you guys have some high standards that is built on important principles of sustainable farming. Mm -hmm. So how exactly is that implemented? And can you tell us a little bit more about these different standards that you have? If you and so then that's also maybe good to, to emphasize then again here we're talking about the certification work that the Rainforest Alliance does, which leads to the, the final, yeah, the visibility, which is that green frog seal that you see on the product. So think of, you know, your your Nespresso or your Mars bar, Kit Kat, or even more local brands here like like Arnott's. And behind that is a whole system to ensure that if you buy a product that carries that label, you can be assured that it has been uh, produced in a more sustainable way. So how that works is we do standard setting. So we develop the standard that, that meets the sustainability requirements. You can kind of categorize them either along the pillars of, of social, economic, environmental, or you know the three Ps, people, planet, and profit. As I mentioned before, we our mission is to create a world where people and nature thrive in harmony. And those combining those elements that all of us can thrive together is very important. So the economic incentive is also very important or the profit side. So how we set that is we have what we call the sustainable agricultural standard, which has basically four, apart from the, the, you know, the overarching pillars that I just said, people, planet and profit, we've broken them down into four main domains. So biodiversity conservation, improved livelihoods and human well-being, natural resource conservation and effective planning and farm management systems. So under these four main pillars, there are a lot of different requirements that farmers have to adhere to and implement on their farm. And I can go in depth a bit more, uh, but I want to give you a bit more of the oversight of how this whole process works. So farmers have to implement these practices on their farms. Then they get audited by independent certification bodies. So that is a very important part of our assurance systems that we don't audit upon ourselves. So we don't check upon our own work, so to say, but we have independent organizations, independent certification bodies, checking whether these requirements are in place by means of an audit. When these requirements are in place, farmers get the official certification. They can sell their crop as being certified. And then when companies buy these crops from farms, they have to adhere to the second part of the assurance system is what we call the chain of custody. And the chain of custody really ensures that you can track and trace a crop 
from, you know, what we often say from farm to shelf. So they were from cherry to cup or uh, from bean to bar. So that we really, again, can ensure that these these uh, products meet those requirements and can be linked back to their source. So, yeah, that's, well, maybe not really in a nutshell anymore, <laughs> but that that's basically how the system of certification works. It goes from standards on farm level to standards on company level to finally the product carrying the seal on the shelf. So when we do see those seals on products, we can literally with confidence actually purchase it and know that it's got your seal of approval. So that's great to know. And I mean, you've mentioned some of the products a little bit earlier, like cacao, coffee, tea, bananas, forest products, and palm oil. And these are some of the products that's either unsustainably grown or workers might not be paid fair wages or prices for the goods when they are sold. And they'll you know, sometimes even sold at such large margins that we are seeing more farmers actually switching to a different crop. You know, in the coffee industry, we've been seeing it. We've really been seeing it in in the cacao industry as well. So what impact has the Rainforest Alliance actually had on these industries? The social conditions, economic conditions, environmental conditions, they are very challenging in these crops and in many other crops as well. What I want to highlight here also is that we've actually very purposely chosen this handful of of crops or, or industries to focus on, mainly so that we know that we can have a significant impact in that sector. Because those issues that you address, they are not caused on farm level alone. They have root causes that go beyond the farm structural poverty, um, you know, unstable government sometimes, economic challenges. So there's many things that go on that cause these things to happen. It cause farmers to to struggle to make a living. And then within our work, we try to, we are just one of the ways or one of the tools that we try to implement to address these issues. But they go like, again, they go beyond farm level. So one of the ways that we really also try to address is working or address these is working in a multi-stakeholder approach. So we work with uh, local governments, with civil society organizations, both on a national as well as an international level to address these. So we see that we have impact and I could, you know, bombard you with facts and figures and statistics from things that we see in these different crops that we can be very proud of. But I don't want to claim that the Rainforest Alliance has, you know, is the only impact that is going on because these are such massive issues. What we do see is that through that, and and then again, I I just mainly focus now on our certification work. What you definitely see in with the impact in in certification is that we, through the standard that I just mentioned, um, we can significantly improve or support farmers to improve their yield against lower input costs, which gives a higher income in itself already and a better quality crop. We can support them to monitor and deal with the effects of of climate change. As you can imagine, um, farmers are one of the worst affected by the changing climate. Not only are they in a way contributing to it, as we all are, they also really directly suffer the consequences of it. So we have very strong ways to help them deal with these effects and social inequalities as well. So think of of gender uh, inequality involving women on the level of uh, decision making and not only harvesting level or work level. 
and then enable them to or help them to look after their their families and communities by their own income that they that they earn. So I think if you talk about impact, we continuously improve the impact of certification. So as you mentioned, maybe we touch upon it later, we are working on our, on our new certification program that will be launched this year where we want to, to increase the impact of, of certification as well as looking for ways where we can improve our impact on a more structural and sectoral level because that's the only way that we can really make a significant difference here. One point where I, I really directly saw the impact of our, of our program and that really stuck with me uh, was when I traveled to Ivory Coast in 2016 that was in my previous role when I hadn't moved to Australia yet, but I was looking, I was PR officer for Netherlands, Germany, and France. And we organized a press trip to Ivory Coast because Ivory Coast, as you may know, is, is the world's largest cocoa producer. So together with neighbor Ghana, they account for around 70% of the world's cocoa production. So seven zero. So it's a very important country in, in the cocoa industry and hence for our program. So I brought a group of international journalists there. We traveled to one of our, our farmer cooperatives that are part of our program. And we first attended a farmer field school that was about how can children help out on the farm, but in a safe way and that it doesn't interfere with their schooling. So it was really interesting to see that in the local context and how a training like that was conducted. And then after that, we were able to speak to some of those farmers as well. And uh, one conversation that really stuck with me was with farmer Ashatu. She was in her 50s and she had six children, two sons and four daughters. Very sadly, a few years before her husband had passed away and she was left alone to, to look after her children, to look after the farm. And now I don't want to claim that, you know, Oots at the time was the complete savior of everything, but it did show some of the impact that we that we were able to have on her life. So they had joined the program a few years before. And through the program, what happened was when her husband passed away, she inherited the farm instead of the farm for, you know, local customs would go to the next man in line. So an uncle or a brother or even a friend, if. You know, that would be the closest one, at least not the woman. That's the, the, the general way of how it would go. However, through the training they'd had, um, she inherited the farm. So that gave her her own income to sustain her and, her and her children. And then through the better agricultural practices she'd learned, she'd actually managed to increase her yield, earn some decent money. And with the premium that she receives, because when farmers are certified, they receive a premium on top of the market price that they can use to reinvest in their farm. She was actually able to sustain herself, hire some workers uh, to help out on the harvest, to also then spreading that additional income amongst the, the community. And finally, she managed to send some of her or her oldest son to school in Germany. This was, you know, complete open, um, also with some support from the government, but it did really, with this improved income, she was able to make that next step uh, and she was able to send her, her son to school in Germany. And we had this German journalist in that group who were very excited and being like, oh, great, where in Germany? And she said, I don't care. I don't know, but I'm just so happy that he's <laughs> in Germany. Oh, wow. And that really made us realize that so we asked her, what do you want for your son? What do you want for your children? And she said, I want them to study and get and just not become a cocoa farmer because it's such hard life. That really showed us all of the impact that we were able to have and to help her. But that 
it you know there's still such a long way to go for us to improve and make cocoa farming a viable way of living so for me that was a very clear moment to see okay we can have impact but we still need to do so much more Wow, that's such a touching story. And I mean, I'm sure there's like so many more farmers that can share, you know, the impact that that this this certification program actually had on them. That's just amazing. And it just makes me want to support organizations and alliances like the Rainforest Alliance. I'm just excited when I go to the store and actually see some of the products that have the seal on. And I mean, guys, you can have a look when you go to the store. There are thousands of products on the (laughs) shelves that actually has that on. So if a company want to have that seal on their product, what do they do? Yeah. So it kind of links back to what I mentioned before. We have uh, also on company level an assurance system. So for a company, it's not really like, oh, I want to put the seal on pack. I do it. (laughs) You know, there is a whole system behind it to, again, assure that once let's take coffee, for example, when you have a coffee product, that the coffee actually originates from a certified farm. So companies, they go to our website, they register. What we then do is to check what are they actually doing. So, for example, a retailer, take Coles as an example here. They only receive the final end product, right? The coffee is already completely packed. So there's no risk of mixing certified coffee with non-certified coffee. But their roaster might roast for them certified coffee and some non-certified for other clients that are not working with us yet. But I'm sure they will. But <laughs> So what we do is we check, okay, what are the activities that you are performing? And can you, and then companies have to set a system in place where they can assure physical and administrative traceability of their certified products. That means they get an audit on site as well to show that they have these facilities in place in their warehouse, that what they are purchasing and claiming as certified actually matches up with what they have purchased. So everything is traced in the traceability system. We have an online traceability system. And then everything is cross-checked whether that's actually correct. And then they get a certification that is valid that they are allowed to buy and sell Rainforest Alliance certified products. The final step of assurance here is also once they develop their artwork, they can only get the official seal files from our platform and they can only get that when they have a valid certification They then also need to submit their artwork for labeling approval. And then our traceability system again checks, okay, are all their transaction certificates in place? Have they sourced, uh, you know, enough enough volume to to make these, these products? Yes. Okay. You're good to go. So in that way, that's what companies have to adhere to uh, in order to sell certified products. Oh, wow. So hopefully in the future, we can see many more products with the little frog on as well that carries your seal. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're working hard on that. (laughs) So you are currently developing a new agriculture certificate program after the merger with Oots. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's It's been very exciting. Also in our field, if you look at the space of certification, there are really three main programs out there. So 
fair trade that I can imagine many people are very familiar with. The Rainforest Alliance, hopefully more people are getting familiar with our program. And then OOTS, which is probably way less familiar here. Uh, We have a very strong presence in in Europe, which is where we're from. We're originally a Dutch organization. And in 2018, OOTS and the Rainforest Alliance decided to join forces, really because we saw that we have such a shared mission in what we're working. We also have a very same way of working. So it really just made sense to join these forces and take the next step or, you know, go to the next level of of how we want to address these massive social and environmental issues. So that's really the, the thought behind it. And then we also realized that if we really want to make a difference and, and improve the way that we work, we really need to rethink the whole system of, of certification, which means, as you can may now read a bit from the things that I've or understand a bit from the things that I've been explaining is there is a lot of paperwork involved with certification. It can be quite rigid. You know, we have these standards and farmers as well as companies to their own standard have to adhere to this. And then it's a binary pass fail. You either have it or you don't. However, we want to improve it where we recognize that sustainability is a journey. So it's really a process of continuous improvement. So we want to move away from the binary pass fail system to also become more context specific. Each crop is different, you know, cocoa, coffee, tea, though they are very similar, they have their own challenges. If you then take coffee, for example, a region in Brazil can be completely different than a region in Indonesia or Colombia or or Kenya. Farm sizes are different. Uh, Their stage on the sustainability journey is different. So one may already be uh, a member with us for four or five years, whereas another farm is still has just joined. So how do we adapt to that? We also want to harness the power of data better. So when those auditors go to farms, the information they collect, how can we use that for better decision making and as well as better advice? And how can companies um, get more insight in that so that the transparency in the supply chain is improved? Strengthening assurance, as I mentioned before, we are dealing with some very complex issues. So we really need to make sure that we have assurance that what we are doing is actually happening. So we need to work on an internationally recognized risk-based approach and continuously evolve. Things change, so we need to change with them. So those would be the main ways where we really try to reimagine our certification program and then provide better value for the, the producers and the companies and our many other stakeholders that we work with. Wow, that sounds fantastic. And I'm really excited to actually see that you guys actually adapt with stuff. And, you know, when changes need to be made, that that is what you guys are doing to uphold the best standards possible, not only for the farmers, um, but also for Mama Earth as well. So thank you for all the work you guys are doing with that. Thank you. No, it's it's really, really exciting. And It's very great to see how we actually, if I can add to that, how now that we have merged, we are a larger and also a stronger organization in that sense. So we feel that we also have a bigger responsibility now to to step up our game and and work on on these issues. So I would say that advocacy will be a very strong focus point for the new organization as well. So really advocate for those policy changes that are needed like I said, work with with governments, international and local governments, so that we can really have that impact, as well as work with 
those larger companies that are already doing a lot in terms of certification, how can we bring it to the next level to really develop um, what we would call tailored supply chain services? So, for example, here in Australia, we've also had the Forced Labor Act come into force. How can we support companies abiding by that? Or how can we help companies to work towards payment of a living wage within their entire supply chain? How can we support those larger multinationals with addressing deforestation in their supply chain? So there is so much more that we can do that really builds on certification and then bring it to the next level. So, yeah, we, we are already doing many of those things. And as of June this year, when we launch our new program, we can only we will be doing so much more. And it's very exciting to be a part of that and to see that change. Oh, well, I'm excited to actually see that. It sounds fantastic. And so the Rainforest Alliance is also one of the founding members for the Forest Stewardship Council. This seal can be found on many products from toilet paper to the <laughs> printing paper. So what does this seal actually mean? Yeah, and it's very good that now that toilet paper is in such high demand that at least meets the, the FSC standards. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, the Rainforest Alliance was one of the founding members of that. That was really established 25 years ago from the top of my head, where there was this international summit to also address deforestation. And they felt that that had failed, the Earth Summit, I think it was called. And in response to that, a group of businesses, environmentalists and community leaders banded together to create a new concept. So a voluntary market-based approach that would improve forestry practices worldwide. Now this is a separate organization from us. So we are no longer directly involved with it, but we are still on the, the board or the, the council and then as part of the environmental focus. But basically, if you buy products that carry the FSC label, you can also be sure that it meets those three pillars of certification again. So environmentally appropriate, socially beneficial and economically viable and works towards the sustainable management of, of the world's forests. Awesome. And how can our crazy birds actually get involved with the Rainforest Alliance? There are several ways where you can get involved. The main way I would say, and that's kind of our tagline as well, is follow the frog. Mm. I'm not sure if you've seen our follow the frog video by any chance. No, I have not yet. Okay. Well, I'll share it with you afterwards. A very engaging video where it shows the concept that, yeah, by following the frog, so looking for our products carrying the Rainforest Alliance seal, you really help uh, to contribute addressing those those pressing issues. Maybe on a little side note, do you know why we use the frog as our as our seal symbol? Oh, geez, I read it somewhere. It's <laughs> like years back and I can't remember. I'm going to give it over to you to, to say. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> know, yeah, not to put you on the spot, but it's always good to, to think about it. We use the frog because it's an indicator species. So the frogs are a sign of environmental health and they are also one of the first affected when that particular environment is not doing so well. And frogs can be found on every continent except Antarctica. So there you also have a nice... Uh, Trivia, trivia fact, <laughs> fun fact. But yeah, so that's why we use the frog in our in our seal, and we will be continuing to use the frog in in our seal moving forward. So so that would be the main way to get involved with the Rainforest Alliance, and then we have a few other ways. So we also have a, a financial support or donation arm. So people can go online to our donation page and donate either 
one time or become a member and you can have a, a monthly donation really as to what you prefer and, and whatever works for you. And I would say, and that's something that we're still developing. So it's still growing, but we are really also a knowledge and resource hub. So we really are working on on positioning ourselves as a thought leader as when there are things going on, even currently with the COVID-19 crisis that we're in at the moment. But also if you think about the Amazon fires, even the Australian fires, what are the environmental causes and consequences of that? How can we do our bit? What can a consumer do on, on little everyday actions? So we are really also that hub there for knowledge that if people want to know more, they we are there to help them, support them, guide them. So we are actually working on improving that, improving our, our public engagement. So I would say, watch this space. I'm giving you more practical tools. But at this stage, I would say, yeah, those three mains. So follow the frog. We have a donation page. And go online and check the information that we share to help you guide either your approach to certain main issues happening at the moment and the things that you can do in in terms of everyday actions. Oh, awesome. Well, I'll be definitely doing some of those myself. So what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? To be honest, I think that's something that I still struggle with every day so what are the right decisions that i can make to to support mama earth how can i be better what can i do more i do think that the main decision that i've made so far is joining oots at the time and now continuing my work for the rainforest alliance i work really hard every day to create awareness about the need for it to convince companies to join us to adopt sustainable sourcing and to think about what they can do more But I want to not only have that be part of my work life, I want to also take that to my personal life. And yeah, we have all our our everyday actions. um, And I think we all need to see what we can do more. So it's, it's, yeah, like I said, I, I, I think it's a decision I have made and that is still ongoing, if that makes sense. Yep, definitely. And now we are going to move into our final five. So it's the same five questions I ask Mm -hmm. every single guest. So the first one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? Apart from Rainforest Alliance, obviously, (laughs) um, I really like to follow the National Geographic account on Instagram. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? That we create a situation where people and nature can really thrive in harmony. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? I think, yeah, that's also hard. I'm not very good with short answers. (laughs) (laughs) My advice is first, appreciate it. I know it's a cliche, but especially in the situation that we're in now, I think we all realize how fragile life is. So we really have to appreciate what we have here. And then in terms of action, assess your own life and find what works for you and what you can do to contribute and know that someone else will focus on something else. And that then together that all complements in one approach to to support Mama Earth. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? Well, for me, it's not necessarily a fact. It's more my favorite quote. So it's a quote from Martin Luther King's uh, Christmas Sermon on Peace in 1967, where he said, um, before you finish eating your breakfast in the morning, you've depended on more than half the world. 
And for me, that's always been a very impactful quote for people to realize and understand that we are all connected. Um, our universe is structured around each other. We're all interrelated. And that I always use to get people to open their eyes and start the discussion that everything does relate to ourselves as well. Oh, that's that's a brilliant one. I'm definitely going to remember that one. And hmm. where can people actually find you? Yeah, well, I'm not very a uh, big social media user, but I just have my standard Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn accounts. So by looking up my name, that's how you can find me on those platforms. And for the Rainforest Alliance, how can we find that as well? Yeah, same. So just Rainforest Alliance on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Awesome, and cool. I would definitely say follow the the Instagram is where we have the most active and up-to-date information, apart from the website, of course. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to link that all up in our show notes for Crazy Birds to find you <laughs> and the Rainforest Alliance. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had such a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for all the work that you guys are doing. Well, thank you again for, for having me. I think it's been very exciting to share our story. And uh, I hope that it has inspired more people to, uh, to follow the frog. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guests for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the mamaearthtalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes. So if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them? Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best place would probably be a DM on Instagram at Design by Mariska or pop me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds. <laughs>